Hello and welcome everybody. It's episode Ocho Cinco of the Development Health Podcast. Uh, we are sitting here in our various home offices. It's December 14th in the year of our Lord 2016. So we're doing a combination Christmas slash recap show because the chances are Ed and I will not be able to get together during the holidays, record something, just shit happens. And with the holidays being on the weekend, and I'm sure Ed has taken some time off and I'm taking some time off. Uh, I'm sure my wife will be uh, wanting me to not spend so much time on the computer. So you have us for hopefully a long show where we're going to talk a bit about uh, about how 2016 went for both of us and maybe touch a bit on the podcast. We're going to talk about some awesome Xmas gifts. We're going to talk about some other shit, and I'm going to burn Ed so bad that his wife will have to identify him by dental records by the end of this podcast. That's true. So, Ed, why don't you talk about our sponsors? Yeah, uh, the first is uh, Grampus, Gr- uh, Grumpus Learning, uh, and that's at uh, grumpus-learn.l. It's just .l. That's the new new top level domain. Uh, test code, write, automate, minimum. Hack little. Let's do a boot camp. Hey, everybody. I'm an elephant, and I got little elephants on me, and a cat, and I'm running around the room, and they're going to mess stuff up. Grump programmer's minimum viable test. He's up front in a bow tie, and there's people in the room fucking everything up. What a bunch of asshole kids. That's pretty much like Twitter these days. Yeah, basically. Grumpy 30, dash, fi- no, 30 figures at the front and everyone just fucking up everything that they can. No, that's, yeah, I would say that's accurate. Grumpy-learning.com. The learn is for extra. If there's time to l- learn, there's time to burn. If you got time you, to and, burn. And the, more you, and the more you learn, the more you earn. As Ty Lopez likes to say. Oh, I like that. I was going to say, if you got time to burn, you got time to learn how to write better, more maintainable code. Learn that at Grumpus. Grippy. (laughs) Yeah, that that website is getting an update because I'm sick of how it's looking. So I'm going to fix it uh, during the Christmas break. Hire a pro. Hire a pro to fix my website. Grumpy-learning.com. Please buy it, won't you? Maybe there's a deal? I don't know. Yeah, I do have a deal uh, from now until Christmas uh, on my ebooks. We'll post some links um, into the show notes, and maybe we'll tweet them out. Hopefully, Ed, you can do a quick turnaround on the show. But, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Damn it. Yeah, I can uh, Yeah, I have, uh, till Christmas, I have a sale on ebooks. You can get all my ebooks for like two-thirds the regular price. So that's, pretty, that's a pretty hot deal. Nice. Yep. Man, that is hot. A little, gift from, a little gift from me to those who want to learn. And I'm going to be redoing the website. The marketing messages are kind of old. I'm going to pull down the old videos that I did because I want to redo them and just uh, start tweaking things a little bit. I'm going, to, I'm going to try using this CMS called Perch. That's a PHP one. Yeah, um, sure. That guy yeah. said I was a, a dickhead for using the name Spaz. Oh, really? The guy, the person behind Perch. Well, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, that dude, Drew. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I don't actually know him, but I, I do remember him. Hmm. Uh, saying that I was uh, a real shithead for that. Well, I hold I'll a put, grudge. 
Well, I'll put down in the footer notes then saying, you know, the owner of this one's called it. One's called Ed a shithead. I'll put that down in the or I'll, or I'll put it in the source code somewhere, comment it out, see who notices. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole a whole story we'll have to get into another time. Uh, the story of of Spaz and people who thought that I was uh, making fun of people who with, um, um, uh, what's it, mental handicaps? Yeah. And, uh, one guy said that he hoped that my child was born. He had, that I had a child who was mentally handicapped. I don't know. I haven't met G yet, so I can't comment, but you know, you never know. He's he's smart. I am. Iceberg. All right. And our other sponsor, cause it, me, I'm the one. And who's the other one? Our wonderful friend who now lives in the fabulous Kitchener Waterloo area in uh, Ontario, Canada. Wonder. For those wondering, Ed was drinking before the podcast. Just a little bit. And Absolutely. I had the uh, chicken uh, the chicken planks with their special beer-soaked baked beans. What is a chicken plank? It's like a like instead of like a – instead of fish and chips, you know, you get those uh, – get fish, it's chicken. But it's, So basically it's just like a – Why like, do they call them chicken planks? I've heard them called that. I actually don't think this restaurant calls them chicken planks. I think Long John Silver's calls them chicken planks because, you know, you're going to walk the plank or something. You're going to walk the plank to great flavor. Yeah, I see the obvious marketing tie-in there. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking – there's pirates all over that restaurant. So Paul, Will, uh, Gemma uh, – Designer person whose name I can never. We cannot. I'm sorry, remember. designer person. I, we can't remember. Sorry, designer yet. person. I think your name starts with a C. Carol. I don't know. Anyway, Let's I'm call so, her Carol. Yeah, we'll just call her Carol. I'm sure we'll get corrected and we'll just go whatever. Your name whatever. is no Carol. So the wonderful fine folks at uh, Wonder Network, uh, thank you so much for your support uh, all these years for the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. And plus, Paul always tells a really good story. When he, he does. Talking. He does. Did you know that Gemma and her uh, are moving to Norway? Yeah. Why? Why is that? Why? Well, her. I asked Gemma to give a little backstory. So Gemma Annabel, who works at Wonder Network and friend of the show, her husband is a teacher, uh, university teacher, and he got accepted at a position at a university in Bergen, which is in Norway. So Gemma's like, we're pulling stakes up. Packing, you know, putting furs over the wagon, and we're going all the way across the Atlantic to uh, to Norway. So I know she's like been trying to learn Norwegian through like like Duolingo or something. That's, so that's gonna, not going to work. Yeah, I would just say just I I was going to tell just be the arrogant American, just speak English and speak it really slowly and really loudly, <laughs> loud, super loud. And Caroline, yay! Paul corrected us. Thank you, Paul. I knew it started with a C. Caroline on my mind. Okay, easy there. One, I didn't say anything lewd. God. You're working up to it. I don't know how you Stop. Are. I am going to route all my traffic through Nairobi using Sweet. Wonder Network. So that's all I got, really. Uh, they make a bunch of stuff, and it's good. Shot Sherpa. Uh, one time I saw a bunch of uh, logos they had designed for Shot Sherpa, and a number of them were of questionable uh, moral standing what, what does that mean, moral stand you're saying that like they were kind of like racist and insulting or something yes oh, okay well yeah. 
What yes. happens in development stays in development. Yeah, that's right. How it, that's not, how it works. You don't want to see all the sausages made with these logos. Yeah. All right. But yeah, uh, Wonder Network, they got a bunch of stuff. Like just more stuff than you can imagine. You all I know is I don't wonder what they do. <laughs> <laughs> Indonesia. They got stuff in Indonesia. Yeah. Well, Paul says for the record, they were designs other people. Oh, yeah. I noticed now that now that he's doing Wonder Network full time, he's in full uh, CYA mode and, oh, and, pl- and plausible deniability. Because before you could just laugh about it because like, oh, I'm only I'm only paying attention part time. But now that he's allegedly paying attention full time, the stakes are a little higher. Hey, this is interesting. There's um, oh, like like if you if you hover over the Falkland Islands, uh, it it shows United Kingdom on their on their map. Yeah, I know some people down in Argentina might take exception to that. Well, I got a fucking uh, British Harrier up your ass that'll take care of that problem for you. Well, you know what they say: his uh, you know history is written by the victors. Indeed, my friend. Indeed, do you know how many people don't know what we're talking about? Yeah, well, I don't. Most of the people listening. Most of the sure. people don't, and I, you know, it's hey, it's not our job to educate them. They, <laughs> no, they, have, they have a goddamn web browser. Go read up Falkland Islands War, people, and yeah. learn a little, and learn a little bit of history beyond like you know when Apple started supporting emojis or some other bullshit. <laughs> Good times for everybody. Okay, Good so the, I think that's the sponsors. Uh, I had a funny thing, a funny story for you. All right, before shoot. we get into it. So uh, today you shared some um, diatribe about testing. Uh, I mean, as usual. That was not, all. Not, a, not a diatribe. I just like to – these days I like to post like things, you know, about confirmation bias, right? So in, in yeah, this case, like I, like, I, like I wanted to, po- I wanted to post something think. that's showing people that there actually have been studies done that prove that, you know – test-driven development techniques actually do work and yep. they do save you time and they result in fewer bugs hitting production. So when when someone else other than me yep. writes things in a reasonable manner Word. and provides and provides proof, Word. I I feel like I should present that information to my bazillion Twitter followers. We're in a post-truth uh, We are definitely in a post-truth period. Uh anyway, uh so I shared that with my uh, boss at Graph Story, the CEO. Yes, and what did Mr. Jordan have to say? Uh, he said, in a quote, tests are for other people. That's, that's, <laughs> that sounds racist. <laughs> oh, boy. That's good times. Don't, don't worry. I'll send a very angry worded email to info at graphstory.com. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone reads that. Well, what's his email address? I'll send him a very angry email. Uh, Tests are for other people. Yeah. You, Sarah, are a blot on the common wheel. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Oh, man. Oh. I, do, I demand satisfaction. Before you know it, I'm in Memphis getting totally hammered with you and him. And uh, That'd be good times, man. There are only things amicably. Oh, man, that would be awesome. We should definitely go to Memphis. There's some good places to eat and drink there. No doubt. Tore well, up. That is, no, I can totally, I can totally see, uh, see Greg responding that way. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's just having fun. He'll probably make fun of you personally. Because when your tomorrow. company's floundering and you're not making any money, you're always <laughs> going to make jokes like that. We are, too, making money. Whatever. <laughs> Photocopying sheets of $2 bills ain't making money, son. $2 bill is a, is a legitimate currency. <laughs> legitimate currency. Hey, right. 
How come the serial numbers are all the same on these bills? <laughs> yes, it's, all, it's all six all right. nine six nine. That's right. Woo! <laughs> all right. Uh, that was gross. Uh, so topics we've got here uh, the year year in review. The year in review. Uh, we've prepared nothing. Well, I, I will say that we, uh, as many predicted, we were not including Gary Hawken. Uh, we were not able to stick to our plans for recording twice a month because, frankly. We're just doing too much shit to really commit to like mm-hmm. twice a month. Just between, and this rolls into the next part of it. We just we kind of had a very busy 2016, um, we did. and it leaked into us not being able to record as many episodes as we wanted to. Plain and simple, a we had plans and we stuck to them for a while, and then both of us hit the travel nexus, and that was it. Yeah, uh, that was that was. I think we did pretty good up through August. And then September rolled around, and that was sort of the slow start of a really, really busy two months for me, I know. And it, it was been busy for you, too. And yeah. yeah, it has been. You know, my wife was commenting that, that 2016 was the busiest year I ever had in terms of travel. And looking back, mm-hmm. I was somewhere uh, either traveling for work or speaking at a conference or just actually going like somewhere on a weekend where I was not here uh, every single month this year. And that's really busy. And I know I said to, I said, well, you know, I'm going to slow way down in, in 2017. I'm like already committed to going to five things already. So it's not going very good. <laughs> it's not yeah. going very good. Yeah, like, right. you know, I'm already booked in to do some stuff uh, end of January, beginning of February. Um, and then somewhere in June. So uh, that that combined with the first week of June, then last week of June will be the Mozilla All Hands in San Francisco. And then like the first week of December will be the Mozilla All Hands in Cancun. So that's already like, like that's one, two, three. Yeah, that's like five things right there. And that's before I commit to like go visit Ed, like I keep threatening to. And and combined with we're going to move in the summer and just all that stuff. Yeah, like my attempts to have... Uh, and I'm sure there'll be some travel for work, um, you know, in there as well. So God, like, I hope it's not every single month like it was this past year. I, f- I found it very hard, despite doing some good work, like professionally. Um, I found it very hard to get into a rhythm this year. Get into, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I think I think we did pretty good on that stuff. I sorry, I wasn't really listening for the past couple of minutes, so I'll just talk about what I've been doing. Uh, you know, uh, th- this year has been uh, real busy for me. Um, a lot of talking about Osme, a lot of doing about Osme. Um, a lot of cool stuff happened with that. Um, uh, a lot of big stuff at Graph Story. Uh, things are, you know, the CTO now at Graph Story. Uh, things are going really well there. Um, and uh, you know what happened. Uh, with uh, with me in uh, starting in September was I had Pacific Northwest PHP. I guess Chris, you were there too, right? Uh, no, I did not go to Pacific Northwest PHP. No, this year. it just seemed like you were just you, you were there in spirit. Probably. Anyway, um, yeah. So I went to that and uh, and then uh, starting Oct- like right in the beginning of October and then through November twenty third. I had seven conferences and one of them, uh, one conference I didn't even, I didn't go to because, uh, there was a hurricane, uh, that was loop conf, uh, that was going to be in Fort Lauderdale. 
uh, and that has now been rescheduled for February in Salt Lake City. Uh, that's, so. That is quite a change in venue. Yes, that's too. quite a, quite a change in venue. Jesus. I would sort of prefer that it was in Florida again, particularly yeah, no, now. No, no kidding. Um, I would really rather have it in Florida, uh, but that is that is uh, I don't, that's the venue they got, I guess. So yeah, so I'm going to Salt Lake City uh, in February, and I still got a little jacked on the flight, but you know it's okay. Um, it ended up, it was more expensive to fly there. And, uh, so I ended up a little bit of money, but, uh, I was able to, uh, get, I was actually able to get a credit for my ticket. So that was good for the full amount of the ticket. So that's all right. So it didn't do too bad. Um, and then what else we got there? Um, but then, yeah, I, I did, I did, uh, I think seven other conferences, uh, and that was a lot in two months and that was crazy. So we just could not do an episode in that time. Just couldn't, just didn't find it. You know, I think we did, uh, our last one, uh, was released October 22nd. And so that, and that probably took me two weeks to get out. And I think I, we recorded that probably the week. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't even fucking know. I have no idea. All I do know is this: that uh, we just didn't have any other time after that, and it was just it was just crazy. And uh, you know, we hung out at True North PHP, of course, which was great, fabulous. Of course, I was fabulous. Uh, of course, I had the first standing ovation in my talk. Uh, and that was the more significant one because it was more spontaneous <laughs> and natural <laughs> than the forced standing, uh, the forced ovation. obligated standing ovation that you received in your closing when I, keynote. I, when I received my closing talk, or at least I kept it together and only cried a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. I feel that it, I'm sure everyone listening will understand that I felt like you getting a standing ovation lessened my standing ovation. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he even told me that and he's not joking like ed actually told me that I, was like, I, really, I really feel like this very emotional heartfelt talk that you gave about closing down a conference and all those stuff yeah yeah i totally cheap in mind chris <laughs> i'm such an ass uh yeah that was good times and we had worse con after that we went to downtown toronto and i, mm-hmm. I got one sausage that had a very smelly cheese on it and I deeply regret ordering the cheese. Um, other yeah, than I don't, that, I don't, yeah, I don't remember that part. But oh, I well, I think you blocked that out. Uh, I certainly remember it that it was very scenty. Uh, it, it tasted fine, but I'm not a, a weird smells kind of don't they kind of ruin things for me. Um, and that was so that was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, I, I got to one of the things that was cool uh, well, at True North was I got to meet. Uh, Nara Kassenbergen, uh, who uh, is uh, now a volunteer with OSMI and is super awesome. And she spoke at True North. And then later I saw her at uh, PHP World uh, just like a couple weeks after that. So um, that was really cool and got to know her. And she came to WorstCon too. And everything was neat. It was really good. I mean, you should talk about True North, but it was great, I thought. Surprisingly, no. Um, <laughs> wow, savage, wicked burn there. Um, True North PHP, yeah. So, 
so yeah, it was the last one. And I don't know, there was still like, even leading up to it, there was still like, it was almost like some people didn't believe that like Pete and I were serious, that, that no, we're just going to, we're just doing it like drum up interest or someone else is going to step in and, and, and take over. Um, and in the end, no, nobody really offered to take it over. We got some like really tepid, oh, well, you know, I was thinking about doing something like, you know, you know, just like so much committal, uh, lack of committal. I felt very comfortable saying, yeah, no one's going to do anything even remotely like this. Um, because frankly, to be honest, if someone was going to do it, somebody other than me and Pete would have done it right. because it seemed to me to be such an obvious niche, uh, conference wise to fill a conference, uh, with one of the, you know, be- best, uh, you know, server side scripting languages to do stuff with like P- for all its criticisms, PHP just lets you whip shit together and get stuff done. And in this day and age, that you know, that still matters. And um, purity is for people that don't ever have to ship on time. And, right. Um, That's why I use Laravel. <laughs> dude, don't go there. Um, <laughs> I told I told him, we, we tried to get Matt Stoffer to come on. And unfortunately, he had a little uh, home situation where he, he had to bow. And I just said, well, we'll make fun of Laravel. It makes it sound like somebody offended. died. Well, I, I, I'm not, I can't share because I didn't ask Matt if it was okay to share, but just he had something at home he couldn't do uh, right. that was interfering with his ability to to be on the podcast. I mean, see, I got your back, man. I'm not going to tell Ed. I'll tell Ed afterwards during uh, <laughs> during during Dev Hell After Dark. I'll tell Ed what happened. Yeah, but right. um, yeah, so I gave the closing talk where I wanted to talk about kind of like you know, how this whole thing happened and and why I did it, and more importantly, like kind of why I'm moving on because I've always been I've said this a bazillion times. I always prefer to like get out of stuff while it's still good as opposed to letting it like completely linger and, and going. Cause we, like Pete and I could have kept doing true North on like autopilot for like five, six more years. Could have easily done like got to like a 10th anniversary type thing. But it's like, you know, the event became what it was, um, the size that it was. Um, and it just kind of seemed like, you know, despite all my efforts and our marketing and, and all the people that attended, and I would have loved to get some stats like, like how many times we had like, you know, repeat attendees, how many people came to more than one uh, of it. It just kind of felt like the response to like, you know, our very enthusiastic promotion of it was just a big shoulder shrugging meh. And uh, and Toronto kind of seems like that. The only other, the only conference that I've seen that runs, that comes to town that does well uh, of the kind of open source uh, side of things um, is PyCon. PyCon's been, PyCon Canada's been here twice. And they've gotten really good turnout. And um, I'm willing so, to bet a lot of that's not from Toronto because PyCon travels, you know. Sure, PyCon Canada, sure. Um, but, you know, it was kind of like I look at it and go, you know, I, I put all this effort into it and it never, you know, it ended up, you know, ended up being what it was. Right, right yeah. Small event, you know, uh, we tried to treat the speakers really well. Tried, tried. To run the type, tried to run the event uh, that we wanted that we would want to go to ourselves. And I, I really think we accomplished that. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't have any regrets. I mean, I had somebody like email me afterwards, you know, like asking if I could use the name, if they could use the name cause they wanted to do like their own thing. I was like, no. And they're like, why? I'm like, why? Cause it's my thing. It's like, I put all this effort into it. And when I decided it was done, it was done. And I'm not just gonna, it's not like I'm just looking to hand this thing off. To somebody else, you know, some, you, know? you know, there is some business value in it. 
there's no business. Ah, there's no business value. It's just it's more like people wanting to like use the name for well, their own what, purpose. Well, what I for their I, own purposes. What no, I, I understand. What, I understand what you're saying. Sure. But like I honestly felt, if Pete and I weren't doing it, it's not True North PHP. It's something else, and it just just, just a was, couple of just, dicks PHP more like man whatever right you know hey. nobody uses nobody uses PHP con or whatever right so <laughs> so like yeah. so I mean I'm I'm still gonna do, sorry I'm still gonna do stuff but just not next year probably something in 2018 and it will be very different from Two North it's likely to be. Like I told people about this before, it's likely to be uh, a retreat style thing, curated. You know, I will want speakers to. You know, I will. I will personally select speakers to come to this thing, and we'll all hop in a couple of bu- nice, comfortable buses, not rickety old uh, um, school buses with shocks that dislodge internal organs when we go over a bump. Um, mm. Just going to be a very different event. Um, Are there bathrooms? I need a bathroom in the bus. Though uh, I don't know, yeah, just for you, we'll have one with Thanks, the bathroom. Buddy. Or at least a bucket um, I can poop in in front of everybody. You know, yeah, sure. We'll 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 live stream it too. And <laughs> uh, so just like like you know, I always have schemes and always things that I want to do, and uh, some of them come to fruition and some of them don't. But I just felt like you know, I did everything I wanted to do, and I just felt like there was there was no place for this event to go. No path for it to get bigger or no path for it to like morph into something else. So I just felt that's it. Like just shut it down. Five five times was good. Um, and Pete and I are just going to go on and, and do other stuff. Pete has different interests now. Um, you know, he, uh, he's morphed into, uh, you know, he has his own company now doing consulting. He's doing DevOps work and stuff like that. And he just, he wants to concentrate on other things. And, and that's cool, you know. Pete and I met each other through the the, the Toronto PHP Users Group, um, you know, and I, I got him interested in doing this event, and we pulled it off. I mean, I look at it, I feel like it was a success. I, I mean, nobody to my face said the thing sucked, so that may also be due to the fact that I'm a gigantic human being. But um, That's true. But, you know, uh, I have I literally have no regrets over this event. Literally. Um, I mean, there's things, uh, there's a few things maybe I could have done different, but overall, I I don't look at it in terms of regret. I'm like, I don't sit there and think, man, I wish I had done X. I wish I had done Y. Just sometimes look at it and say, uh, could have done this part a little different. Could have done that part a little different. Um, But but overall, it's like, yeah, it ran its course. It was good. And uh, and just time to do other things. Just, you know what, you know what, I'm starting to feel old. I'm starting to feel tired. And um, you mean just now? You no, know, not just now. It's been building up for a little bit. Right. And just kind of feels like I need a different pace of stuff. And just that type of event uh, just didn't seem to be my thing. I just didn't think I could. Two people doing all that work. And it was just it consumed a lot of it consumed a lot of energy over a very, um, very short period of time. And oh, sure. Just like a, it's like I just want to smooth that out. Um, a little bit and just do something different. You're like Obama leaving office. Well, except without the, except without being nice to the next person taking over. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, no, you can't have the oval office. No. Like, like, that, you know, like I said, a guy sent me a very nice email about how they wanted to do, you know, uh, an event. And I just basically said, like, I was basically like, no, no, you can't have the name. No, you can't use it. Um, and they're kind of like, why? And I'm like, well, if you come to the conference, you would have known why. And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, look, whatever you do, like if you're going to do something, 
I'm very happy to like offer advice, um, you know, and like promote it through my various uh, channels that I have. Mm-hmm. But like I'm done. I'm done organizing things like this. The next thing, instead of being like a pastiche of like what I want and what Pete wanted and what I felt was expected mm-hmm. out of an, out of True North, because, you know, it ended up having its own kind of flavor to it, mm-hmm. you know, and lots of people have said nice things to me about True North. And, I, and I'm not lying when I say I appreciate all those nice things because it represented, it was like a, you know, it was like a piece of me that I put out there yep. for everybody to, to participate in and critique and just... No, I had a goal I was trying to accomplish. And, you know, sometimes the things that I do, they work and sometimes they don't. But this next thing that I do is going to be all me and it's going to be exactly 100% what I want. And if I can't get it exactly 100% the way that I want, then I just simply won't do it because I have so many other things competing for my time that if I'm going to do stuff like this from now on, what was that? Me taking a screenshot. Why are you taking a screenshot? To stick it to you. All right, whatever. Uh, now you totally distracted me with that stupid screenshot. Sorry. Uh, yeah, man, True North is done, and there'll be other things that I do. But but Pete and I had a good run, and I felt it was just we both were like, this is it. Let's just finish it, um, and and just go on. What's Pete go on gonna doing, do? Doing our thing. Are you ever gonna uh, talk to Pete again? Oh, I, I talk to Pete all the time, so that's <laughs> that's not an issue. Yeah, dude, I talked to him all the time, the week before the conference and the week after the conference. <laughs> <laughs> did I, did, is it, where's my money? That's right. Pete. And actually, speaking of money, that's the one thing I was all actually very happy about. Mm. Uh, we ran this thing as like a break-even yeah. proposition. Yeah, right. And we never ended up owing any money afterwards. And we kept the money to help pay for things for the next year and to pump some money into the, the, the local user group, which I thought was a, a good thing to do. Um, because, a for, because the, again, like a for-profit event was just not the thing that I wanted to run out of this. I may do other stuff as like a for-profit thing through Grumpy Learning, you know, yeah, right. but this was not what this was supposed to be. This was supposed to be, be me saying, hey, I've gone to a bazillion conferences. There isn't one in Toronto I want to do one and give back by trying to make it affordable and making this thing kind of self-funding. And right. for sure, uh, we accomplished that. There you go, brother. I think you did great work. Yeah. Thanks, man. Cool story. Okay. So, well, anyway, that's now your year is dead. Yeah, now the year is over. And so, you know, uh, for me, like, uh, you know, I, I could talk about – actually, here's an – well, you know, no okay. Cares. Sorry. So, yeah, I'm rambling now. I'm just thinking about what I wanted to say. So for me, like, you know, 2016 was a very interesting year because I was no longer doing PHP as the day-to-day thing. I was working um, at Mozilla as a contractor um, in the web services uh, division, writing also to test, to test all, to help test the various services that the browser talks to itself, right? And so then about halfway through the year, um, I put things in motion to become a regular Mozilla employee instead of being a contractor because... Um, I really enjoy the people that I work with. I believe in Mozilla's mission. And it's, I have to say, it's very refreshing to work uh, at a place where the mission means something and where it's not just like a mealy mouth, like, you know, our goal is to disrupt the, uh, the starch white shirt industry. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. like we're not disrupting anything. We're committed to um, trying to, you know, promote an open uh, an open internet, trying to promote a browser as an alternative. We're the only company left 
uh, only independent company left making a browser. All the other browsers are now, you know, created by very large companies. And to be perfectly blunt, they're using the browsers to prop up and protect their existing businesses. Yep. Right. No, that's true. So, uh, so you know, Mozilla uh, is the only browser maker that the their purpose is to protect the privacy and rights of its users. Yeah, and you know, I know, I know it sounds like a, like a idealistic or like hippie thing, but I'm telling you, Ed, like that it's a mission, and pretty much everyone that works there is on board with that. And you know, we all work. It's it's very refreshing to work at a place where the work I do is publicly available and transparent, and the things I work on are used by millions of people every day. You know, you can quibble about browsers. We all every browser takes turn being the best one, being the fastest. Uh, every browser company, um, you know, uh, takes cues and 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 takes things from each other. And despite what people might think, you know, all the companies talk to each other, and the developers talk to each other. So it's not like things are being built in a silo. Sure, we do stuff that you know the other, like you know, Microsoft and those don't know necessarily what we're working on. Uh, yeah, right. and, you know, things like that. But you know, for the most part, we're all kind of dedicated now to like. Let's have a good experience on the web. Let's all try to focus on the same standards. Let's try to implement everything the same way to reduce the nonsense that some that seems to pop up every couple of years where uh, the poor folks doing CSS and JavaScript work end up having to put all these shims in place uh, to get shit to work on, on different browsers. And, uh, you know, Firefox has, has been guilty of that just as much as everybody else. So, yeah, yeah. but I believed in the mission enough uh, and the work that I was doing uh, to stick around. I and, mean, you know, my wife has noticed how extremely rare it is for me to complain about work. Um, well, I've noticed compa- that. Compared to, yeah, compared to places that I've worked before. So that should, you know, for people who have known me for a little while, that should tell you something about how I feel about Mozilla. Um, you know, how, how I feel about the work that I do there and how I feel about the future of Mozilla and my willingness to like, you know, uh, you know, willingness to stay there, you know, I talked about this briefly before on the podcast and then I'll let you talk a little bit more. But, you know, my wife said to me, like, what would you do after Mozilla? Mm -hmm. And for the first time, like in a long time, I have no answer as to like what the next thing would be that I want to do. Right. Um, I mean, I think I know like what it is. I, I, for a long time, I thought I knew what it was I wanted to do. You know, I thought the next step was be okay, Chris, you're going to turn all this grumpy learning stuff into like your full-time gig and you're going to teach and you're going to consult and you're going to do all this stuff. And you know, man, after having worked for Mozilla now for like 14 months and what I do there and thinking about other opportunities to do stuff within Mozilla, because of course Mozilla is huge company, you know, 1200 employees, you know, lots of room for us to move around and do stuff. Yeah. I'm not so sure anymore. Um, I'm not, I'm not so sure anymore that, that, Grumpy learning is the thing is the only thing I want to do. Grumpy learning may end up being the side thing, and and they're totally cool with me continuing to do all the stuff on the side. Right. So you know, uh, I know that Emily's saying, "Well, Mozilla damaged the Grumpy brand." Well, I know Laura Thompson has talked about it was her mission to get me to stop being uh, stop being so grumpy, and and I think it's definitely worked. Well, there you uh, go, man. I, it's, I, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to explain uh, to people because it almost seems like a cult like thing. You know, you're cult. It's just. It's just. Uh, I, I guess I can imagine it compared to like uh, working at a startup where you've totally bought into the startup's like overall thing that they're doing. Right. Right. Uh, and so then you have that that 
that almost uh, zealousness, the zeal, you know, like uh, we're totally focused on, you know, whatever, totally focused on, on graph databases for the masses and, and, and whatever your company's mission happens to be. And, right, right. Uh, and, you know, I just look at it and go, so many of the people I work with, like really legitimately care about the openness stuff, the community stuff, and care about, you know, making Firefox the absolute best browser um, that it can be. I mean, you know, like any place, there's still issues here. I think Mozilla can do so much better on the um, on the diversity front. When I look around, I still I still see too many people the same gender and same colored skin as me, and I would personally love to see that change. And you know, right. I get uh, they foolishly gave me the ability to interview uh, candidates um, sure. for some uh, summer intern positions that are that are coming up because mm-hmm. one of them because we're hoping to get uh, an intern to like work with us in in Firefox test engineering. So no, I get to talk to these people, and I'm hoping to like find some like non-white dudes who are interested in coming well, and doing something good at uh, do something good at Mozilla. Yeah, sure. Because um, yeah, like I know it sounds so weird, and given how people know me and stuff, but working here really has changed how I think about a lot of things. And so if it means other shit in my life changes, or that I get where I calm down and being less less hustle on the side because I'm more at peace with the day job. Well, then maybe that's the price. Grumpy learning suffers a little bit so that, um, so that my own mental place is so much better. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. I mean, I think that's, uh, that's great. And that's, that's definitely something that has, uh, I mean, I've noticed, I have not heard you complaining about your gig. I'm, it, that's quite different. I moved around when you're working to other places. You were never afraid of talking about it, so yeah, definitely. Well, I'm sure it'll, it'll you know, you'll learn to hate it at some point. But uh, but yeah, there have, there have, I have had like I, I did have one blowout not too long ago, but that got resolved because the all the parties, uh, funny enough, all the parties involved actually admitted I was right. So oh, um, in, in, instead of me feeling like I was banging my head against a wall, I was like, oh, they actually did admit. Uh, that this thing I was cl- complaining about was actually unacceptable and that we're going to get it fixed. And, uh, and that's exactly what happened. It did, it did get fixed in a way that I felt happy about the outcome. But uh, but enough about me. How do you like my dress? Yeah, my little right. vanity joke. All right. So that's enough about So you want to talk a bit about Graph Story's little journey this year? Well, you know, Graph Story's had uh, – it, it was a little tough because one of, our, one of the co-founders left and that was Jeremy Kendall. And he was uh, also acting as CTO. He was not acting. He was the CTO. Um, and he had to step away and, um, and, and do something different. And that was the best move that he needed to make for him and his family. And, and so what that meant was I needed to kind of step up and, and, and be in a role uh, that I think I had wanted to be in for a long time, but hadn't had an opportunity to, which was really a leadership role, a place to build a team and to set, set standards and a culture. And that was significant to me. And that has worked out really well. I really like working there. I like the opportunity to do different things. Uh, it has, I've been doing a lot of different stuff, uh, and I've had opportunities to do stuff. I've done DevOps work. Uh, I have done, of course, you know, PHP programming, JavaScript programming. I've done uh, design, web design, A/B testing. Uh, learned more about like conversion stuff and you know sales and 
shit like that. Like, how do you get more people signed up on your website? How do you get more people to convert into trials and trials convert into paid customers and all that stuff? And, and, and how do you communicate with customers and things like that? And I'm really proud of it. And I'm really proud of the fact that we have a support system that our, our mean, um, well, it's the mean or the, I can't remember what it is, if it's median or mean. Anyway, our, for lack of a better word, our lack, our, our average first response time to any support request, that's every support request, not just, you know, people who pay us some money, is five minutes. And I think that's really, really good. And I'm really proud of the fact that we have that kind of responsive support and that our customers tell us that and it makes a difference. Um, I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of the fact that we are uh, in a place where we're doing good work for reasonable amounts of money and helping people be successful. And yeah, it, it, it's different because, you know, it's a for-profit and so it's a little different. Um, there's definitely aspects I miss about working in academia and being able to do nonprofit work that is great. Uh, but this is, uh, it's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. Um, I get to balance that out with doing OSMI uh, stuff, the open sourcing mental illness stuff. And I get to, and I, I can't be prouder of, of the work that we've done and not just me. I mean, we, everybody has done, uh, to turn OSMI into just me, you know, talking at a couple tech conferences and going all the way into making it a real nonprofit 501c3, uh, tax exempt organization. Um, and to have booths at conferences, to be able to talk at more places, to be able to release handbooks. And we're working on a video this weekend, uh, that we're making for like executives and C-level folks. Uh, just, we're just doing amazing work and it's just really, really special and really great. And it's the most rewarding time I've had in my career ever, period. And, uh, so this has been a really special year. It's been tough sometimes, but it's been really special and really cool. And I've been glad that uh, uh, we've just had so many successes and so so many things have moved forward in a positive way that it's it's just been really special. Uh, you know, the, the whole of my country's falling apart. You know, but you know, whatever. That's fine. It's cool. My my, I I turned out okay. So that's that's what matters. Man, I tell you, you know, if you thought 2016 was horrible, I think 2017 is going to make a bunch of people wishing it was 2016. I'm going to stab myself in the eye. It just looks like I was saying to some of my friends, American friends, I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure unless something radical happens, uh, the incoming administration in four years is going to dismantle shit that took 50 years uh, to put together. So it's not the... Not the doesn't look look to be the best of times for my American friends. And I know up here in Canada we can be smug about stuff, but you know uh, it seems as a result of the of the election in the U.S., a lot more people are paying attention to what politicians are saying up here too. Yeah, sure. And a few and a few have tried little trial balloons of floating some of the Trump uh, type of stuff, and uh, as opposed to kind of. The thing I have noticed, Ed, yep. about the way the Canadian media follows politics, Canadian politics, as opposed to the way the American media follows American politics, right. is that there is none of this fair and balanced stuff going on. 
the media does not look at does not look at like an argument. And if one side is ludicrous, they don't sit there and say, well, we have to consider both sides of the issue. No, no, no. Canadian media pretty much goes, this idea is, this idea is ludicrous and we shouldn't be considering it, um, which is very different. I know I suspect that part of the issue is because, you know, Canada's democracy is a little bit different. It's, a, you know, it's parliamentary. We do have multiple viable parties. So sure. the, ten- the tendency in a two-party system is that yeah, you'll have – Two sides to every political issue. In this case, you often have uh, three to four sides in any particular issue, and yeah, um, right. and so the the one thing that has been interesting is that the leadership race for Canada's um, Conservative Party, which of course would be like more uh, left of uh, the Democrats in 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 the states, um, there's some ugliness going on in and. Uh, you know, people in Alberta, because things aren't going so good, they're starting to make a few squawks about things uh, yeah. about uh, about so, you know what you know what if Alberta left Canada? It's like, all right, then you can kiss goodbye all the money that the federal government gives you, and uh, and some people saying things we should be screening immigrants for Canadian values and being very kind of like wishy washy on what these Canadian values are actually supposed to be, and you know. Our, our superstar prime minister is, is cor- uh, correctly taking some flack for like mm-hmm. some hypocr- hypocrisy and not implementing things that they said they would implement. But overall, the coverage is basically like they're focusing on in on the truth, right? And uh, and not a, and not uh, not spinning it in the way like when I I mean I read a lot of American uh, you know media stuff yep. um, in the lead up to to the U.S. election, and it just appalled me at how willing. The media was to to always go along with this both sides and normalization of like really aberrant behavior yep. from both candidates and just how they're like all fair and balanced. And that made you kind of realize this is kind of a logical outcome of when you consolidate power in various industries in a very small number of people, mm-hmm. then uh, apparently it's really easy to manipulate yep. these large entities. You wouldn't think it would be, but apparently so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Know, Absolutely. No, that's 100% you know, true. And I also look at, you know, as we record this, there had that big meeting where all the C- a lot of CEOs of these huge companies went and saw your president elect. And I'm yep. not going to say his name. And I just look at that and all I could think of is the word shame in all capital, big red shame. What are you people doing? Mm-hmm. You're, you're uh, you know, my friend Amy Hoy sent out a bunch of tweets and I retweeted them about ethics. It's like if you're not willing to like draw a line – and say ethically, I'm not going to go across this line. Right. Uh, if you don't have ethics, then you're a garbage human being, and and there's a line that you shouldn't cross. And and it seems to me like a lot of these tech companies they're approaching a line that mm-hmm. says that that they that they have to decide do they want to cross it or not. And that line seems to be is are we just going to bend over, uh, metaphorically speaking, and help? Yeah help what appears to be a very authoritarian and fascist group of people, are we going to help them carry out what they are planning on doing? Or are we going to take a stand and risk punishment? And like I tweeted earlier, I think most of these companies, they care about money more than ethics. And, uh, it seems like a huge shame. And, and, and I look up here in Canada, I'm like, like people, oh, you should sign this pledge. I'm like, dude, I'm up in Canada. Um, I don't need to sign a pledge promising to not build something to allow my, allow a government to spy 
on its population and round people up that they don't like and and toss them out or do whatever the hell that that uh, is being planned for a whole bunch of people in the U.S. It's like, no, I work up here in Canada, and that's that's there are no plans at this time to do anything like that. We accept more refugees than just about any Western country, and I think uh, most Canadians. Uh, who aren't um, uh, selfish, narcissistic assholes, look at this as it has been an overall good thing um, mm-hmm. for Canada to be a place that people can come when they're fleeing uh, war and, and you know, persecution from wherever they're from. And it just, it, I don't know, dude, I just look at it and go, I just shame in all red letters, shame all around that people are willing to let themselves be so easily manipulated um, into doing things that are just, seem so contrary to the messages um, that uh, the U.S. puts out about freedom and liberty and all that stuff. It's like it's like basically freedom for people that look like me. And uh, yeah. that's I, I, dude. I just don't like. I don't want to bring this into a big old bummer thing, but yeah, it was just on, like, man. yeah. I just look at that and just I, it, it just it makes me upset. It makes me consider how you know, like you know, I agreed to come to some and do some things in the U.S., but it's maybe reconsider that you know maybe if things take a turn for the worse, um, maybe I'll just. Maybe I'll just stay home, yeah. Um, rather rather than participate in things in the U.S. If if things because I view going there as kind of like uh, implicit endorsement, you know, uh, of what's going on by agreeing to come there and do all this stuff. It means I'm kind of cool with what's going on there. So um, you know, you talk about ethics. I drew a line in the sand for like my own personal behavior a long, long time ago, and I just I just wish uh, I just wish more people um, would have looked beyond their own self interest and. And looked at it and said, uh, "This thing may be bad, may be bad for me, but it's better for a, a very large group of people." Mm-hmm. And um, and but you know, I, I understand why a lot of people don't feel that way. But I just think it's so short sighted and and believing uh, believing that a politician is going to make things good, um, you're you're setting yourself up for disappointment because it almost never is. Well, I can't 100 percent disagree with you. You know, sure, yeah, I feel you. All like right, so so now we can go into something a little bit more happier. So yeah, why you gotta be like that? Yeah, why do I give you that? Because I'm up in Canada and I don't have to vote. That's why uh, I'm like that. I can I can look at it and go, bro, you can come at any time you want to visit me. Uh, any if things go to shit. So uh, one of the interesting things that we're gonna do here is that uh, Ed uh, actually slaved away and uh, created a furious gift guide that will be in the show notes. Uh, it is furious. things about uh, we can talk about things like of course with uh, you know both Ed and I uh, celebrate Christmas and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and the tradition of asking for gifts and stuff and it's kind of funny Ed, as I've gotten older I found I have found it um, harder and harder to think of things to ask uh, um, loved ones to get me for Christmas sure. because yeah. I'm liter- I'm literally at the point where you know anything under a couple of hundred bucks. Uh, I don't blink at getting for myself if I really want it. So uh, I, I find it funnier and funnier over time. So uh, so for me, for Christmas, I've asked for things like um, uh, I still collect monkey things. So Maybe I've asked too. for a few mon- few monkey-themed gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked for the new uh, Metallica album on vinyl, the new like double set with some like cool uh, unreleased material and things that they've re-recorded. Um, because I, I I listened to the one of the local hard rock stations around here played got an early copy of it and played 
all sorts of tracks off of it. And sure. I'm not the hugest. I'm not the hugest Metallica fan, but the stuff I heard sounded pretty good. So I thought uh, one of the things I've done to try to like reduce impulse purchases of stuff too is like for music and stuff. I basically have Apple Music for like you know I have a subscription to that. But any other music that I want to purchase, I buy it on vinyl. If it's not available on vinyl, I just shrug and go, well, I guess I don't need it that bad. So right. Um, so Metallica, uh, what else did I ask for? Uh, the book from Kevin Kelly about cool tools, just neat tools to have around the house. Uh, a few other random things. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like over time, it's like, eh, you know, some, at some point I'm pretty sure I'm going to tell my kids, you don't have to get me anything anymore. Right. Um, just because it's kind of like eh, too much stuff in my house and – conspicuous consumption bugs me at times and also now that we're moving i'm like every new thing that we bring into the house is something i'm gonna have to search through and decide if i want to keep it and pack it up in a box and then unpack when we get to the new place it's like i just it's almost like on a mission now where i'm gonna start looking at some of the stuff and say get rid of a whole bunch of stuff um ahead of time in moving so 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 what about you ed what are some things that you've asked your your wonderful uh family to get for you well i haven't actually really i just end up buying myself stuff and like around when i have a bunch of sales on the old black friday i uh i end up doing you know just kind of getting a bunch of stuff myself and so i'm i'm probably terrible to uh to, to shop for in that sense um so i had yeah i haven't really i i did i think i want a new wallet so i think i asked for a new wallet there but i did write down a bunch of stuff here uh that i thought were good gifts for people like us kind of um and a lot of these things i got uh these a lot of these things were came off the wire cutter and a lot of the stuff i've actually gotten bought through the wire cutter so i can say yeah that's good stuff or they're usually right, so you know we'll just assume that they're correct. Um, let's see here, uh, and I succeeded in losing uh, the uh, the pirate pad, which is pretty great. Uh, oh, there we go. I got excited when you were talking about how great Mozilla is, and I decided that I should immediately switch to using Firefox. And I, I can't <laughs> I can't figure out how to export my bookmarks out of opera so that's fun anyway so the furious gift guide uh that we i've put together and there's an important link that you'll go to first uh yes is that which is this if you go to this link uh which we'll have in the uh in the show notes uh 0.5 percent of all of your amazon purchases if you go to smile that's s-m-i-l-e dot amazon dot com uh if you make purchases there, it goes to a charity. And in this case, this sets your charity to be open sourcing mental illness. So if you do that first, all the stuff you buy through Amazon on smile.amazon.com uh, will get 0.5% donated to us, which is pretty cool. Um, let's see here. So uh, we've got a few different things and there's like a bunch of travel stuff a lot of which i've used and and used successfully uh some other things in here um one thing which won't get us any money but is good is this tom bin um uh backpack slash duffel that i have uh which was not cheap it is expensive but yeah how was it did did, you, did it end up kind of living up to your your uh, expectations for it yeah it's a very well made piece of 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 luggage and uh 
Is I could yeah. because I uh, um, bought one through like an Indiegogo thing, not the Tom Bin, but this company called uh, Nomtic Nautic. What is it? Nomtic. Oh God, I can't remember now. I have no idea what you're talking about. Not Nautic Nautic. Anyway, I'll have to find it. It's in my email somewhere. But sure. they were doing like a, they were like uh, travel experts. Like like they they did reviews of things, so right. they were like creating their own their own bag, and oh, so it was like through an through an Indiegogo thing, and I submitted to that. Just keep talking. I'll search around in my email for it while you're talking. Yeah, the one of the really thing the things I really like about this bag, and this is not cheap. It is a three hundred dollar bag, so. You're not kind of screwing around, right? This is the real deal. Um, one of the things I like most about it is that it has hideaway backpack straps, which are actually really, really good. So you tuck them, you can tuck them into the bag and you won't see them and you can use it as a regular duffel and you can buy a shoulder strap and you have a shoulder strap for it. And they have like a thing they call the absolute shoulder strap, which is like this, this really, really nice shoulder strap that's 30 bucks. But then there, um, you don't have to, or you can just, get, you can get some other shoulder strap and attach to it. Um, but so you can use it as a backpack or a shoulder bag, or just a, you have a handle on it for the duffel. It is just extremely well-made. Um, it's got lots of places to put stuff and hang stuff and all sorts of junk. And it's, and you can pack that thing full and you put it on and it actually works. I mean, you can put a bunch of stuff in it. I pack everything for uh, a week-long trip, including like my CPAP and all that stuff. And I put it all in there. Um, I actually then have a uh, another uh, dealio. Uh, and you, you posted the Nomadic bag, so that's something. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yep. So uh, that that's cool, too. Um, and then what I do is I have then a small laptop bag that I use. Um, and it's, it's, it's basically just, it's, it's sort of like slightly more than a sleeve and it has a, uh, it has a, uh, a shoulder strap on it. Um, but this one was another wire cutter pick, this STM blazer padded sleeve with shoulder strap. I have that. I use it. It's really nice. Um, the only thing that I kind of don't like about it is it doesn't have like a, just a, a handle. It, you only have the shoulder strap on it, but it's actually got a nice wide front pocket and it also has a back pocket that doesn't have a zipper, but the, the front pocket does have a zipper and it was cheap. It was only like $35. And I really like it. It's really good. And I've been very pleased with it. So. Yeah, sounds cool, man. Um, it, it's, uh, I really, so I use that and I actually then put my laptop in the duffel, in that Tom Bin duffel. And then I've got everything in one bag. I can hang my water bottle off it with a carabiner clip and it works really well. So I've been very happy with that stuff. Um, Let's see what other kind of cool stuff do we have here there's a few things like tags and and junk like that that uh tags and bags that you want to check out we've talked about some uh, of this stuff before so some things too because we talk about travel stuff uh like uh honestly getting a worldwide uh like a travel adapter like mozilla gave us right. a swag and gave us a swag in london mm -hmm. a really good 
uh, travel adapter with like a USB uh, power port on it and stuff. So right. if you travel outside of uh, North America, definitely worth investing in getting one of these things. Um, I know, especially for people, because uh, as I was talking before, uh, one of the more things that irritated me in the second half of uh, second half of um, of the year was figuring out what I wanted to replace my laptop with. I finally decided just to bite the bullet and, and go with, uh, I, I ordered a 13 inch MacBook pro, one of the new ones, but roughly the same size as my, I didn't want the 15 inch screen. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so I'm gonna have to buy some USB-C, uh, oh, adapters yeah. and things like that. But I will say this, you know, I've heard mixed reviews on it. If I get it and I don't like it and it acts really weird, I'm going to return it. I'm not going to keep it out of like ridiculous loyalty. I'll probably return it. And if it's a piece of junk, uh, I'll just return it and I'll go buy a, a surface book. Um, because yeah, life's, life's too short to struggle with a piece of shit laptop. Well, but yeah. So, for, if you so USB, USB C, yeah. you do get yeah. the MacBook. Uh, I've yeah. got a USB C to a regular USB three O USB A three point These little adapters. Uh, that, yeah, so uh, that Wirecutter recommended, which was good. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy some adapters. Uh, I also got approved at work for uh, upgrade uh, to get a a nice 4K monitor for my desk. Oh, very nice. Uh, the the Dell the Dell 27 inch one. So that that should be coming sometime, probably roughly around the same time that my new laptop mm-hmm. shows up. So so I'll be able to like chain. I'll be able to like take a cable and plug it into the the monitor and then get power from for the laptop through the monitor and and, and connect into a hub and all that other wonderful stuff. That's so awesome. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh there's a couple other things in here. There's this cool if you're into podcasting like us, the Blue Yeti microphones are on uh, are always popular, and uh, yep. they're really good. We both use those. There's also this one, which I guess is good, and you can use it with an iPhone if you want to, the Shure FMV5 uh, digital condenser microphone. And that you can plug, like, has a lightning cable also oh, on cool. it. You can plug it directly into your phone and record that way. Um, let's see here. Uh, and then one other thing that I think I, I, I might recommend, I've been very happy with it, except that there's a right now a security thing you need to fix on it with some uh, with the firmware update. But I got this Netgear AC1750 smart Wi-Fi router and been really super happy with it. Uh, the range is killer. Uh, it is fast. It is The range is way better than the Apple Airport Extreme I had, which was a generation or two older. It wasn't the one of the ones that's like a tower. It's uh, it was flat, um, but um, made a big difference uh, getting that guy, uh, and that was good. Um, and so yeah, that's cool. And you mentioned here YubiKeys. Have you messed with YubiKeys at all? Yeah, I do. At Mozilla, one of the things we did was we now insist on uh, like two-factor authentication for everything. Mm-hmm. And so you you know you have a choice of things. You could go with like an authentication app on your phone. So for example, I have Google Authenticator on my phone that I use for um, access to GitHub and to um, uh, all the Amazon stuff I have to do mm-hmm. at, at work. But before I got there, one of the things I needed to do, I had to set up dual authentication um, just to get into my uh, account for Mozilla to get into mail and things like that. And so I had happened after seeing a recommendation from a couple people online. Uh, I remember seeing um, Adam Culp talk about it and a couple other people. Adam Culp's the one that I remember. I think Mark Story as well talked about it. Mm-hmm. But just it's like a little USB like 
hardware dongle type thing. Right. And so we use it for authentication. So it's very easy to use if you need if you're trying to use a service where you have to, you know, the, the two-factor. This can be your second factor. It's literally like a USB thing. You plug it into the USB port. Um and then it's like touch. You touch it, and it generates a unique hardware ID, mm-hmm. and uh, and boom, I'm authenticated. So uh, if you're into security, you can also do things like store. It has like several storage slots on it, so you can do things like store your public key. Uh, you know, for GPG, you can right. store it on there and, and do a couple other things that way. With more and more places, hopefully taking um, security more seriously. Um, you know, today word comes out that the the uh, uh, numbskulls at uh, Yahoo let uh, a billion accounts get leaked out. Um, and, and someone posted something very interesting about that where they said that the only reason Google is so up on the security stuff is because they make enough money that they can throw the ridiculous amounts of money right. at their systems to make them secure. And his concern was if Google ever suffers a, like a, a reduction in revenue for like even one quarter – uh, he's concerned that security will be looked at as something that they don't need to worry about anymore. And and then all sorts of Google services will start getting hacked. Yeah, that'd be bad. So, um, you know, also someone said it's very clear that uh, large tech companies seem to suffer uh, no penalty for these leaks because they're very clever with their terms and conditions when you sign up. That basically means that even if they practice terrible security practices and your personal information gets leaked out, you have no recourse to do anything. So um, that concerns me. But yeah, for like, if you're looking for like a, like a, a hardware authentication device because you need it for work, or if you're just concerned about making sure that all your services that you use every day, that you have two factors set up, um, I highly recommend looking at the YubiKey. They're really reasonably priced. I think I paid like thirty or forty dollars for mine. Um, uh, you know, it's a cool looking key thing. It has like a little uh, Y that lights up on it. I mean, it looks really cool. Um, so I, I highly recommend it. And um, do you, you just put it on your keychain? Uh, I actually do leave it down here, like plugged into my laptop. I see. Um, because I, you know, I work from home mostly, but I have put it on my keychain because it definitely has a little hole in it uh, to put onto a keychain. Uh, I and when I first got it, I did put it on the keychain, but once I start working from home all the time, it's like I just leave it plugged into to my laptop, and then I bring it with me and put it on my. Key, I actually put it on my keychain if I have to go somewhere, just so that I don't forget it, because I almost always have my keys with me no matter where I go. I can feel you, Dosh. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's some cool stuff, and I'm we're gonna post a longer list that has a few other things in it. A lot of travel stuff that I've actually purchased and had good luck with, like compression bags, uh, packing cubes, um, stuff like that, uh, and and just a, just a, a lot of good stuff in there. And then some, you know, some good headphones. Yeah, the the Nomantic like the Nomantic reminds me a lot of the the that bin bag that you're talking about. Very similar type of things. As part of the thing, I also as part of like when you supported the Indiegogo thing, um, you get like an add-on, and so my add-on was a laundry thing, so like a little bag to put all your dirty laundry in. When you're in like in your hotel room, it's designed to like hang from a doorknob, so you could like just hang it up there, put all your mm-hmm. dirty gitch mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know uh, food stained clothing, and put all that stuff into the bag. Um, Drawers and then, shadowing. Yeah. yeah, whatever. And it was, it was, it was also a size that you could just like literally collapse it a tiny bit and put it back into your bag and keep your dirty clothes away from your clean clothes. So yep, um, yep, yeah. So I, I'm, uh, uh, so they're on schedule to deliver. The, so far, they're on schedule to deliver them. They're supposed to be sent out in February. So I don't think I'll have it in time for my 
back-to-back conference trips where I'm going to PHP Benelux and then the week out and and then the week after that I'm going to um, Sunshine PHP so um, I won't have it in time for the for that uh, that little gauntlet of travel but uh, but other stuff I'll definitely have it and be able to try it out and see how it works yep that makes sense uh, that's cool that you're getting that I definitely want to hear about that yeah no I'll be I'm sure I'll be doing like a little mini review just like a lot of people have asked me to like do uh a review of the of the laptop when I get it and like just you know try it out for a week and, and let people know what I like and what I don't like. The big thing I'm wondering is if I need to if I'm if I'm going to like try to set things up from scratch on it right. or if I'm going to use or if I'm going to use the migration tool because last time when I got the laptop I have now when I got it four and a half years ago mm-hmm. I actually did them I did the migration from one laptop to the other and that was pretty seamless. Yeah, I've been doing so, that for a while. I I haven't yeah. I haven't done a clean install from scratch for quite a while. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure uh, if I'm going to try to do the clean install um, because I find that when I try to do the clean install, I, inev- I inevitably forget a bunch of stuff. Right. And, and I literally just like at this point, like I said, getting old and getting tired, I'm like, I just want shit to work right off the bat. So probably the migration assistant is, is the thing I'm going to do. I'm just concerned about making sure my uh, uh, GPG, keys get copied over because i actually need those for work as well right um because the ops people will send us like usernames and passwords and credentials for systems they send them to us via uh, emails that are encrypted with gpgs Uh, so i actually need to i need to be able to open those files and and read the contents of them so i can't have that i can't have that fuck up so I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. I'll, like I said, I'll probably end up going with the migration assistant and just do a huge cleanup of this laptop, delete a whole bunch of apps that I'm not using, yeah. get rid of a whole bunch of files that are just kicking around um, and just shit like that. And, um, you know, clean it up and, and have it ready. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a new laptop because this one's four and a half years old. So it's it's time for something. New. Yeah. Mine is not, it's not that old, but I, I need more than eight gigs of Ram. And it's, so I've been waiting um, and I at least saw one pretty good review, uh, for developers, uh, on the, on the Mac new MacBook pros. So eh, you know, we'll see. I'm interested to see what you're getting when you get it. And I may just hold off and wait and see what happens with you. So you can be my, yeah. Cause pick. I, yeah, sure. Cause I, what the model I got was the 2.9 gigahertz processor, right. uh, and 16 gigs of Ram and the 512 uh, gig SSD. That's so, probably what I would get. I've been thinking about yeah. getting the 15-inch screen, though, because the, um, I guess the the new 15-inch weighs only a half pound more than the old 13-inch. Yeah. And it's only a little bit wider. It's not as wide as you would think. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. the bevel is so much smaller. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. in my case, like the screen real estate isn't important to me. Cause I, you know, that's true. 99, 99% of the time it's running in like clamshell closed mode yeah. plugged into a monitor. So I don't, the actual real estate on the laptop itself screen doesn't matter to me. Just like people are saying to me, Oh, they heard bad things about battery life. I'm like, I use my laptop plugged in almost all the time. So battery life is, has almost no concern um, to me at all. So like I said, I'm, I'm sure I will be telling people about my experiences with it. I'm anticipating just that things will go a little bit smoother on the laptop, especially like I talked about this before with the rise in the use of um, virtual machines, both Docker containers and vagrant VMs plus apps always want to consume more memory. They're never consuming less. 
So yeah. I'm tired of the I'm tired of the fan spinning up when I'm using like three things at once. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, of course. All right. So that goes. Anything else you want to talk about? Like no, in the gift brother. guide section? I mean, that's, that's right. really it. All right, so how are we doing Doing for time? Do we have time to do the Twitter versus Slack thing I wanted to talk about? Yeah, you can yell at me. That's fine. Okay, okay, cool. So uh, one of the things I saw, a little build up to this, one of the demos that was done at the – I was in Hawaii last week for um, the Mozilla All Hands meeting. And yes, Hawaii was beautiful, but it rained the last two days. And I had the worst travel experience getting home, multiple flights being canceled. I ended up getting rerouted to Montreal at one point, And we sat in Montreal for an hour before they let us come back. So instead of getting home at like uh, 5.30 in you know late afternoon, early evening, I got home just after midnight. I got to the airport just after midnight. So it was quite a super long day. Plus the, the terminal, the Air, Ancona, the airport there, is open air. There is no roof. Whoa. On the terminal. So it's like literally they never deal with more than like 30 seconds of rain. It was like the weirdest thing wow. I'd ever seen. Huh. Yeah. And uh, and no jetway. You walked right onto the tarmac and then onto like uh, like a little bridge. Again, all open air to get onto the plane. Yep. So, so in between doing meetings, they had electives there that you could attend to. I didn't go to a lot of those because I had a bunch of work to do. Yeah. And – one of the things that they did was a demo of the virtual reality and augmented reality stuff that's being baked into Firefox. Uh, virtual re- VR and, and AR are really big right now, and all the browser manufacturers are, are baking that stuff in. And the devices are getting cheaper, and they're getting better. And when I, I watched a little presentation, and, and, I, and there was an email sent out about it, and the thing that just annoyed me mm. was that they said, oh, and here's a Slack Join us on our Slack for this. Slack. And then I posted uh, – and, and most people know my view of Slack, right? So then I just tweeted about, you know, like really? Mozilla, come on, that's open. We're encouraging people to use a closed product. Mm-hmm. And then you said like Twitter. And <laughs> yeah. I know you're like – and I know you were like poking fun at me. Yeah. But it actually made me think about something. And I wanted to yeah. articulate part of this thing. Why I feel that even though like Slack and Twitter are both not open and they're closed systems, they're they're radically different because they're – how they work is very different. Slack is designed explicitly for um, group communication, right? Back and forth communicating with each other um, in almost real time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, my feeling is that uh, IRC is good enough and IRC just needs better UI and better UX. And you can definitely hide a lot of the weird clunkiness of IRC behind better interfaces. There are way, definitely ways to wrap things and just make the IRC experience better. Uh, IRC cloud is going a super long way towards making the whole IRC experience better. And I'm not going to get into a whole Slack thing. Pe- people at Mozilla are using Slack and I just disagree with it so much just simply because it's like, it doesn't, it's like we're an open company and we should not be using closed tools. But you look at Twitter versus Slack where Slack is about encouraging group communication. Mm-hmm. Twitter is a, Twitter is about one way broadcasting of short messages, right? Now people do use Twitter for group communication Clearly, they do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, sure. But it's but it's not the same thing as Slack. And Twitter is it is follow only. You only have to see the stuff that you want to see. Of course, there are exceptions because the you know the platform is a big, humongous um, 
uh, abuse and grief engine at this point. Yeah, you do end up you do end up seeing things that you don't want to see, but for the most part, you are self-selecting in terms of like who you want to follow, and more importantly, who you choose to communicate with on Twitter. Uh, I don't have a problem with Mozilla using Twitter for various things because it mostly is broadcast. Well, yeah, it's it, they're not using it for internal communications. Right. We're not using it for internal. We're, we're using it to share. Here's a bunch of cool stuff we did. I, I don't know who runs the various Mozilla um, Twitter accounts for the different things that we do. Our little Firefox test engineering group, we have a Twitter account. They also foolishly gave me access to that, so you can expect uh, some very interesting tweets nope. from it in the future. But uh, but it just it it just it just irked me like like really like we're open we're supposed to be keeping the internet open and promoting tools that encourage openness yep. and telling people hey man use this closed system that could disappear at any time and or reuse every message you've typed into it without you having a say. It just, oh, it just bugged the fuck out of me. It's like, why, why are we encouraging people to to talk to us via Slack? We should be encouraging people to speak to us through IRC. And just basically, my opinion is IRC is more than up to the task. It just needs some better UI and UX around it to make the weirdness of IRC um, work better. I mean, come on, all the stuff with emojis and 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 uh, the ability to quickly slap uh, gifs into into chat. It's all a red herring. It's just like it's like putting lipstick on a pig. Like it, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't it doesn't change anything. It's like you have a chat thing, and chat is a solved thing. And Slack is it. it I just look at Slack and go that this should, the, you should be using IRC, not this thing. Like it's the the barrier to getting like a chat thing set up anymore. It's just it's just not there. Despite what people want to think, it's just not there. No, you know I I. I, I I think that your argument is in that you should be using open tools is is sound and valid. Uh, I I might disagree a little bit on the uh, how easy it is to get things set up. Um, I think that I, yeah, there's some things that are uh, let that are you know like emojis and shit like that. You know, any a good IRC client will do that stuff too. Uh, or add-ons and things like that. Um, I think the differences get get to be bigger when you're dealing with um, uh, things like logging and and having you know uh, constantly being able to track track being able to track conversations even when you weren't actually there uh, or maybe not logged in. Um, it's uh, it, the uh, I think Slack is a really good um, team communication experience that is very, it's really good right away out of the box. And um, IRC, the only thing I found that was anywhere close on, on uh, for IRC was IRC cloud and it's, it's okay. It's, it's not bad. I don't think it's as good, but it's not bad. Uh, but you know, the, the mobile, I have not used it on mobile, so I can't judge it. Uh, if IRC cloud has a good mobile client or not, I know Slack does, it has a really good mobile client, at least. They are the, I, I use, I use the IRC cloud mobile client. It's good. Yeah. So yeah, you can absolutely do that. Uh, now why that hasn't proven to be more profitable? I don't know. I don't know why people haven't just like, we're just going to run it over standard protocols. I don't know why not. I don't know. 
there maybe there's something they know we don't. I don't know. Why didn't HipChat use IRC? I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to use IRC. I don't know why. Why they couldn't just use IRC. I, maybe there's some reason for it. I don't know. But, um, you know, the the sort of... Yeah, I think I think that the argument that makes sense is the one that says we're an open company, we should be using open tools. And I I get that. I totally get that. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, um you run your own, you know, you wrote your own uh bug tracker. I mean, hell, you might as well, you know, or or you you know, use an open tool for that. Uh, you know, I I don't know. Uh, but I, I I think that there's good reasons for people to pick Slack because I think out of the box Slack is just better a better experience and particularly for teams uh, it's just a much better experience. Um, I have not seen a company that has put together as good an integrated experience that happened to be based on IRC. Goddamn shill for Slack. That's all you are. Yep, that's true. I love closed systems that could go away at any time. Huge fan of them. Super huge. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes. so. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'd rather IRC was better. I mean, of course, I'd like it to be better. Uh, but I, I think it's. I think it's. I personally, I think it's not. Uh, it doesn't mean I think Slack is like God's gift to everything. I just think it's. I'm just trying to be pragmatic. I think there's good. I think there's reasons why people pick it. Um, oh, trying to show both sides. I know. What, me, I, I never do that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. It works okay. But yeah, I would I would rather IRC was 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 the thing that people used. Absolutely, hundred percent would rather that was the case. Uh, anyway, but, right. you know, I just I can see why it's not. I just want the kids to understand the value of openness because yeah, when you don't have it, when when you don't have anything left that's open, you'll be wishing shit was open. You'll be wishing you could close it. I don't know what that's that means. Right. You'll be wishing you weren't paying, you weren't selling a kidney to get access to your uh, chat logs. All right, anything else you want to talk about, Mr. Finkler? Yeah, not really, not really. No, no, I think I'm so, done talking to you. So I guess this has been episode number eighty-five of the Development Hell podcast. Ocho Cinco, Our, so you, the, the Ocho, the Ocho Cinco, the Fünfen Achsig. Uh, I forget what it is in French because I don't care, and it's doesn't really matter. Great. It does not uh, matter. I don't know. Was it Soisant? Uh, Soisant? I don't know. What it's, oh, Catravin Sank, I think. 420. 420. Oh. Uh, he said 420. Catravin Sank. Should I'm sure Paul's might. If Paul's listening, he'll correct me. Um, should I mention but yeah, so, sponsors so, like Paul? Yeah, thank you. Let me do this because we're going to do it real quick. So yeah, Grumpy sure. Learning, that's where that's where all my stuff is, my books, my videos. Yeah. Um, please visit the site. Uh, my goal is to like help you get better at the basics of uh, testing your PHP code. Um, the you know people complain about the price of things sometimes. Once you learn the basis of testing the you know the thirty dollars for my book or you know whatever that you paid, you'll make that back like in the first half hour. You make a client happier. You need to look at it that way. And thanks as always to uh, Paul Reinheimer and the crew over at Wonder Network, uh, Wonder Proxy, Shot Sherpa, uh, Wears It Up. Uh, Gemma moving to Norway, uh, Caroline, the designer, I can finally remember her name. All of you have been very awesome and very supportive of all our efforts. Right. Um, so, so, uh, so you can find every single episode that we've ever done is up on our website at devhell.info. Um, I picked the title, Ed finds, uh, a snappy graphic 
I cobble together the posting in Markdown and ed- edits the uh, edits out the weirdness that inevitably happens at my end with the noise of my furnace and my children and my wife yelling at my children and my children yelling at my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, all that wonderful stuff. Yep. He has special. He has uh, he has custom filters for getting rid of all that stuff. Uh, you can also listen to us on iTunes. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please rate the show. Let us know that we're continuing to uh, deliver the uh, very uh, popular uh, tech comedy podcast that we've tried to put together. Yeah. So uh, just a little personal message as we head towards the end of uh, 2016. I know 2016 sucked for a lot of people. I know 2017 is going to suck for a lot of people too. Um, I appreciate the friendship uh, that I have with all my friends uh, in the U.S. I hope things go better for you folks. I'll be watching from up here in Canada. Um, I had a very good year. Ed had a very good year. We're both hoping that momentum continues into 2017. Um, so, Ed, have a have a good holiday season, and I hope all the listeners have a good holiday season. Yeah. So, so we'll see you all online some other time. Absolutely. Good night, Ed.